What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome into Stacking the Box with Matt Verderam and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. Matt, NFL is back, baby. No more Thursdays. No more Sundays having to do horrible yard. We're going to target for no reason. Yeah. Football is back. Verderam, how are you? I am great. I am excited for the season. I'm glad preseason's over. I'm glad roster cuts are over. We have real football. I can't wait. I also can't wait for my MacBook Pro to get here so I can just hardwire into the internet connection and I never have to deal with this crap for the rest of my life. I look forward to it at some point going out here in about 10 minutes, and I apologize. But no, it's in the mail. Thank God. And I feel the same way. Thank God football's here. A real season, real games, Thursday night, Bills and Rams. A lot, actually, a lot of good games in week one. Yeah, a lot to get into this show. NFL preview, surprises, disappointments, some bold takes. I feel like mine is pretty damn bold Let's get into the NFL preview. Let's go with Super Bowl predictions. I know it's early, right? This is the September 6th edition of the Super Bowl preview. That's what makes it fun. You can't call it week 12. That's lame. You got to call it before the start of the season. Who do you have? Who do you think are some of the best teams in the NFL? Well, my pick is the Bills beating the Packers. That is that is my my pick. I think the Bills to me are the best team in football. I don't think it's by an overwhelming margin. I don't think it's a year where it's Buffalo and the and the pack. I don't feel that way. Um, but or Buffalo in the field. I actually do feel it's Buffalo in the pack in the Super Bowl. But I <laughs> you know what? I I my top five teams in my power rankings in order are Buffalo, Kansas City, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and Los Angeles. But that's my, my Super Bowl pick is Buffalo and the Packers and the Bills. So I have Bills and the Rams, Bills beating the Rams. I don't trust the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is obviously still incredible. He's still coming off two MVP seasons, but no Devontae Adams. That was his guy. Not only that, no MVS. I know MVS wasn't necessarily his dude, but MVS was still a valuable piece. I don't know if he has any sort of connection with the receiving core, and that's a big issue. The Packers defense is obviously much improved, but I trust the Rams. I trust Matt Stafford. I trust Sean McVay. I trust the offensive line of the Rams. The receiving core, I think, is very, very solid. Whatever happened to OBJ, that's neither here nor there. If for some reason OBJ goes back to the Rams, that's just an added boost. They don't need him. The Rams, to me, are a very, very complete team, more so than the Packers. I'm with you, though. I think the Bills, they're the best team in the NFL. It pains me as a Chiefs guy, right? But you got to be honest. I'm not here to just be a fan. I'm here to be 
to have no sort of bias. The, the Bills are the best team. It's not by a wide margin. They have an easier schedule. I think Josh Allen does take that next step. They're a great team. I got Bills over the Rams. I I worry about all the Rams' departures from this offseason. I worry about Andrew Whitworth retiring. Mm-hmm. I worry about Darius Williams being in Jacksonville. I, I worry about Odell Beckham's torn ACL keeping him off any roster right now, although I do like Allen Robinson coming in. But I'm worried about the Rams being able to repeat what was essentially pulling an inside straight last year, where you get a Cardinals team that has fallen apart come the playoffs. Then, then you get into the divisional round and you get a Bucks team that's all beat up and you barely win the game because you almost beat yourselves in the fourth quarter. And then you get a miracle. You don't have to go to Lambeau. You get to stay at home and play the Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm just worried that in the end, while the Rams are very good, and by the way, I have them in the NFC title game, so I'm not exactly picking them to fall on their faces. <laughs> I, I, think that, I think the Packers are uh, the best team. Although, listen, the Packers obviously have to prove it based off the fact that all these one seeds are great. They don't mean crap if you get in the playoffs and fall on your face. Like none of this, none of this matters. If you can't do it in January, the Packers have done nothing except lose big games in January in recent seasons. But I think the defense is excellent. I don't care that they lost Devontae Adams the same way I don't care. Chiefs lost Tyree Kill. Like I care because they're good players they're great players. But this idea that all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are going to be Carson Wentz because they don't have these guys is just crazy to me. The only thing I'll say about the Packers and their choke jobs in the playoffs it reminds me a little bit of the Knicks. I know you're a Knicks oh, guy, so you, sh- you should get this reference. Reggie Miller, fourth quarter, choke. That's basically what happens every single playoff. It's like they go up against a Reggie Miller, they choke. That's what the Packers do. Until they prove me otherwise, I can't roll with them. I think the Bills are a little different. The Bills, you could say, choked, but I don't think that was a choke job last year. That was Mahomes. Kelsey and Hill being absolutely magical. Josh Allen didn't choke in that game. That was either bad coaching, if you want to go with coaching, or it was something that literally has just never happened. That does not happen. That was the App State North Carolina game. Like that never happens. It's just such a rare occurrence when it does. You're sitting here going, that's a bad coaching display. Uh, When it comes to surprises and disappointments in the NFL this season, Let's go with the surprises first. Let's be positive. Who do you have? I think the Saints are a lot better than people think, although I feel like that's not a surprise anymore. Peter King picked them to be the number one seed in the NFC. So I, I'm not going that far. I'm not that surprised by them. Uh, but I, I think they will be very good. I think they will fight for that division title. I do not think they will win it. I think they will fight for it. Uh, I think they will be a playoff team. Uh, and in the AFC, I don't know that there really is a surprise, but I'll say this. I think Jacksonville is going to be a lot better than people think. Like, I don't think Jacksonville is going to be a playoff team, but I think they could easily easily be right around 500. Mm. I like the Saints pick a lot. I think the Saints are going to surprise people, but you mentioned it. It may be not a surprise anymore because it feels like a lot of people are considering them a lovable underdog. They're better than they're going to than they, than they look. Again, I think the Buccaneers, they have some injury issues, especially on the offensive line. Yep. That could be a disaster, and that could be how the Saints get it done. I still have question marks, though, with Jameis Winston. My surprise in the AFC would be Baltimore. Not many people are talking about Baltimore. 
I'm not saying it's a, it's a surprise because they're obviously making the playoffs according to the majority of people, right. but I think they beat the Bengals. Like, I think okay. they could be 13-4, and four, maybe the second-best record in the AFC, and that would not be a surprise to me at all. Folks are forgetting how good, especially of a regular season team, the Ravens are with Lamar Jackson healthy. And that's what it comes down to for me. I have Baltimore 12 and 5. So I'm, I'm, I actually have Cincinnati 5 too, but I I have both 12 and 5. I I think Baltimore, I'm with you 100%. Uh, I think they're going to be a lot better than people. Look, they had a million injuries last year and they were 8 and 9 and they were 1 1 away from the playoffs. Like Baltimore, they win a ton of games in the regular season. The playoffs are another story. The playoffs are a whole other story, but in the regular season, they win a lot of games. In the NFC, again, not a massive surprise, but again, I have them doing better than what the majority of folks would say, and that's the Niners. I'm a massive Trey Lance fan. I know everything coming out from the preseason. I understand that Jimmy G coming back, what that looks like on a, on a you know, just in, in a microcosm. I still think the Niners are a great team. I think Kyle Shanahan is a hell of a head coach. That roster is fantastic. They don't need Trey Lance to be spectacular this season. They need Trey Lance to be no. able to run the football. They need him to take care of the football and occasionally hit the deep ball, which Jimmy G struggled with. That's all they need from Trey Lance. I know those are big ifs. It's not as simple as, hey, just take care of the football. But right. Trey Lance has the tools to do that. And if anyone can go into a system, the Niners, I think, can make quarterbacks kind of like Kansas City – to, to an extent, the Bills, scheme and system matter. Organization matters. And getting a talent like Trey Lance in an organization like that, to me, bodes well. I agree. I agree. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is a good coach, unless it's a Super Bowl, in which case it turns into a disaster. But until <laughs> then, he's a very good coach. No, I, I have the Niners as a playoff team. I have them as a wild card team. I think they'll be good. Um, I'm not as high on Lance as you are. I watched a lot of this preseason there were moments you were like, okay. There were other moments you, ooh, ooh, that, like, what happened there? There was a seven-yard throw. The guy was wide open. The ball's three yards away from him. Like, what? Like, <laughs> that, that's a concern. That's a concern. But they have a lot more play in the NFC than they would have been. You know, if they played in the AFC, they wouldn't have in the playoffs. In the NFC, like, yeah, like, absolutely. As far as disappointments go, who do you have as letting you down? All right. This is going to be a little bit of a nuanced thing because I actually had this team winning 11 games. So it's going to be a weird to say this team's a disappointment. The Chargers are to the point nationally that if they don't win the Super Bowl eight times this year, it's a failure. Like it is, I've never in my life, I know like there's a joke that like annually they get this hype, but th- this year it's really to the point. If, if they don't win the Super Bowl, some people are going to have to retire from media. Like it has gotten almost to an epidemic level of just, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think they're going to be in the Super Bowl. I think, they're, I think Herbert's going to win MVP and Staley's going to be the coach of the year and, and Khalil Mack's going to be comeback player of the year. It's like, can, can they win one fucking game that matters? Can they win one game that matters? I, I mean, I, I have never in my life seen a team that has never won anything just more universally picked as like this absolute lock to go to the Super Bowl or worst case being the AFC title game. It's insane to me. And I and again, I am picking them to win 11 games. I think they're really good. Like, I think they're a good team. But, my God, I'll put it this way. Would it shock you if they lost week one at home to the Raiders? Oh, not at all. Not at all. 
It wouldn't shock me at all, by the way, if two weeks later if they lose to Jacksonville at home. Like, they just – they're weird. They're inconsistent. They're very oddly coached at times. Like, I I think from a national perspective, my God, you would think this team has gone to four straight Super Bowls. <laughs> it is – it's unbelievable. You have the Bengals who just got to a Super Bowl, the Chiefs who have hosted four straight AFC title games, Buffalo's deep in the playoffs every year. And everybody's just shoving them aside, like left and right, to get the Chargers out front. Win a game. Win one game that matters. Once. Beat, a, beat Houston in December. Beat, beat the Raiders. And by the way, I, I'm a Herbert guy. I think he's a top five quarterback in the league. But one thing that is fair, in my opinion, to criticize him about, in their biggest spots, he has not come through. And when they played the Chiefs last year in that Thursday night game, and everybody thought it was for the division, okay, he had that game on his racket in the end of the at the end of the fourth quarter. No Chris Jones, no Willie Gay, no Lejarius Sneed. They can't score. Chiefs did the ball in overtime. Then they go and they play Houston. He gets picked off twice. One of the picks. Like he brought him back. Then they got a shot to win all the time. They don't win. What do you think? One game matters. The Chargers can switch quarterbacks. They can switch head coaches. They can switch cities. They will find a way to choke. It's the Chargers' way. It's what they do. I think they're a great team. I truly do. But you're correct. Until they actually win a big game, the, the hype surrounding them has just been asinine for years. I understand to an extent it's not sexy to keep picking the team that wins every single year. It's not sexy to pick the top seed every single year. There's no glory in it. No one's like, oh, yeah, you picked the Chiefs. Congratulations. You picked the, the, the odds-on favorite. But continuously picking the Chargers, it makes no sense. For me, a disappointment team is going to be the Bengals, though. I, I, I just – I don't – No, I have them as a 7 seed when I did it. I had them as a 7. I had them barely, barely making it in. I think a lot of folks expect them to either go into a deep run again in the playoffs. I like Joe Burrow. I've compared him to Drew Brees. Doesn't excel at necessarily one thing, but a good deep ball. He's accurate. I like the offense. Still have question marks about the offensive line. Defense still have some question marks in my mind. Fair enough. I, I just feel like we might see a little bit of a pressing situation where if they lose a game or two, they're going to press. They, they, they were playing with, I hate the saying, but I'm going to say it anyways, they were playing with house money last year. No one expected them to win. No one had them mostly making the playoffs or making any sort of run. They had a lot of breaks go their way. Again, I'm taking nothing away from the Bengals. They earned that. They earned that Super Bowl appearance. It's difficult. I just don't think that happens again. I have them as a seven seed. I have the Ravens beating them. If the Bengals missed the playoffs, I honestly wouldn't be shocked. I'd be pretty surprised only because I'm a big believer. If you have an elite quarterback, you're going to be good. Okay, you're going to be good. I see Allen in the chat saying Steelers will be better than people think. They might be. Really good defense, really good coach. i got to tell you, though, they just announced Trubisky's a starting quarterback, and the Steelers are tweeting out all these these images of Trubisky. That I mean, that 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 should be a class action lawsuit from the fans. Okay. Um, but no, just to dovetail real quick, uh, the – the Chargers, I do think, by the way, will make the playoffs. I think they'll, they'll be a team that, that is worth reckoning with. Um, my biggest disappointment, actually, is the Raiders. I, I just don't think the Raiders are good. I do not mm. think the Raiders are a good team. 
I think the Raiders are winning like seven games. They they can't stop anybody, and they have an awful offensive line. Like I and they're in a division where like those two things equal going one in five in those six games. I think they're getting blitzed in the in the division. Now maybe I'm wrong because I do love their weapons and I like Carr a lot. I like the edge rush. I just don't like anything else. They, they, I don't I don't trust their back seven. I don't trust the coach. I don't trust the offensive line. Like Jacobs is fine, but he's not. You know, like, he's not Jonathan Taylor. I'm not. I'm not looking at Josh Jacobs and thinking he's going to carry him. Um, but yes, I, I had to get the Chargers thing off my chest. Like I've been. I've been trying to be patient with this, but the expectations have now gotten to the point. If that team loses one game, it's, it's going to be. I mean, people are just going to hold the candlelight vigil. I mean, it's. It's unlike. And by the way, there's absolutely a world. I'm not saying I'm picking this, by the way, but there is a world. Where they lose to the Raiders week one and then come to Arrowhead and get beat and they're 0 and 2 and they're 0 and 2 in the division and they're 10 days into the season. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it is just the amount of people who have just penciled this team in as like, that's it. They're the Super Bowl champs. They haven't even gone to the playoffs with this team. So I, I do think though, in the NFC, I don't know that I have a team that I think is going to be really disappointing. I'm worried about Tampa. All the injuries, all the odd stuff with Brady. But if I had to give you one team, the NFC, it's, it's Dallas. And I'm and I'm picking Dallas to win the division for the record. I went back and forth on this a million times. Okay. But if there's a team I could see just falling off a cliff, it's them. The offensive line's not good. Diggs is not having 11 interceptions again. Okay. I, I don't know what the hell to make of them losing Gregory, how big of a deal that is, but it could be significant. Gallup's coming off the ACL. Cooper's gone. Like McCarthy, it feels like is is already borderline getting fired. No matter what happens, like it, the whole thing just reeks of like total dysfunction in seven and ten. But because they're in that division, I think they'll be all right. But if there's a team I look at and go, yeah, them, they're the disaster. It's them. NFC for me is the Cardinals. I the the issue with Kyler Murray's contract and just the front office to me is very questionable. I think they're a very talented team, but they're also a team that maybe plays to competition, if you will. I could see them losing to a team like the Jags or to Houston, and I could also see them competing with a team like the Packers or the Bills in games. I just don't trust them. I don't trust Kyler Murray. Maybe it's unfair. He seems to me like a me-first guy. He seems like he cares more about himself. He blamed the team for the playoff loss, took no responsibility early on. Basically, he crumbled. And yeah, it wasn't just him. But when you were the quarterback and you want to get paid, I mean, he was horrible. And if you want to get paid like that, and you're the quarterback, you're the franchise, you say, that's on me. You don't blame everyone else for your issues. That, to me, speaks a little bit about the character, or at least a little bit about how the the organization and the structure is run there. I do not trust Arizona. I don't either. I don't have them in the playoffs. I appreciate, though, that the Cardinals gave us a contract of $230 million that also somehow insulted the guy who got the contract. That's got to be the first time in the world that's ever happened. $230 million, and the guy walks away furious because there's a homework clause in there. That either he knew about, his agent knew about, or both of them knew about. And if they didn't, then, then the agent doesn't deserve to have a job. Um, I mean, yeah, that that somehow gets in there. Then the Cardinals take it out, like somehow, like that magically makes it all better. <laughs> I, 
Look, I will say this. There, there is – I had to word this correctly. There is – I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll play this safe. There is, there is a reason that clause was in that contract, okay? That wasn't in there accidentally. It's like if I sign a, if I sign a new contract to fan-sided, and in the contract it's like you will not be late more than five times in a year. It's because I'm fucking late all the time. Like, that's why it's in there. If I'm showing up at 8.50 for my 9 o'clock shift, they're not putting that in there. But if I'm constantly rolling in at 9.15, that's why it's in there. This idea yeah, that, like, and you see these people come defend Kyler Murray, and, oh, he's got to be a study. Hey, look, man, they know him better than anybody else. And if they put that in there, there's a reason. There's a, there's a full-blown reason that it's in there. And, by the way, also a reason that he still signed that contract hey like about it so i i'm with you. Look, the cardinals to me are going to be about a 500 team and I, I i think that's about where they land one bold prediction heading into the nfl season verderam what do you got i've gone back and forth on this because i don't know how bold like is bold and that I'll, i think the patriots We'll lose double-digit games, um, which I feel like with Belichick, that's a pretty bold prediction. I think they will lose double-digit games. Mm. I like that one a lot. I think the roster definitely warrants that sort of take. I think it's about a six-win roster. It comes down to can Belichick steal a right. game here and there? Like last year, they stole that game against the Bills, but also is because they played in a monsoon in a tornado and a wind. Yeah. T- like there was no chance, but. Again, Belichick won that game. They adjusted. The Bills did not. And I, I like that take, actually. I think, it's a, I think it's a bold take. If you saw 10 losses next to a Belichick-led team, that has to surprise a lot of people. I just – I look at their roster. I really like Matthew Judon. And Damian Harris is a good running back. Hunter Henry is a respectable tight end. Who is – who's the guy on that team who's an elite player? Who is it? I mean, I, I I would pose Judon. You could argue he's he's in that group. Who is an elite player on the New England Patriots? Gostowski, if he's still there. <laughs> Gostowski, uh, he's not been there by the way for like five years. Uh, but like they, they're terrible. That is just a bad team, and I, I don't. I just don't see it. Like, I, and especially now in this conference. Good. Like I, and I look, nobody, I, I have a ton of respect for Belichick. Nobody respects more than I do. But I, you're going to, like, at some point, you're just trying to get, you try a miracle. Like, th- that team is just not good. I'm sorry. I, I think they're going to go 7 and 10, which is a credit to him, by the that. way. I think with, the, with Patricia, they may win two games. I don't think Mac Jones is great. I think Mac Jones is a baby Jimmy G, which brings me to yeah. this bold he's, take. He's Trey Lance is going to be a top 10 NFL quarterback this season. Not next year, this year. He reminds me a lot of Josh Allen. When he was coming out of college, I go, this is the guy I'm hitching my wagon to. I know all the talks surrounding him. I'm not getting off yet. Too early to hop off this train. I'm still full steam ahead. Trey Lance has all of the tools. I think team matters. Organization matters. Scheme matters. All of this taken into account to me, screams Trey Lance is a top 10 NFL quarterback. Fantasy football, I drafted him. 
the legs, they're there. Arm strength, it is there. Accuracy, major fucking issue. But that was the same question mark with Josh Allen. <laughs> to an extent, same question mark with Justin Herbert. I like Kyle Shanahan. Debo Samuel's an absolute stud. Brandon Ayuk's solid. George Kittle, well, he's healthy. That's a positive right there. Yep. They have a great offensive line. They can run with literally anyone. I think, Verderam, you and I could get four yards of carry behind that line. I mean, Trey Lance it's is going to be a big hole. Well, sure, but, you oh, know. I'm more of the, uh, the, 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 the blocking back. I, if, if I've got to run four yards, it better be a hole the size of Texas. If you're my fullback and I'm running behind you, not good. Going to be a lot of injuries on that play. Yeah, no, it's going to be deep pain. It's going to be a catastrophic compound fracture of about eight different phones. <laughs> but um, listen, man, I, I like the Niners. I, I I can't quite get there with Trey Lance. My my concern is, typically speaking, if you're not accurate in college, you're not accurate in the NFL. And I know Allen is the guy. And I look, Josh I'm Allen, guy, I'm the guy who wrote famously within this company. Okay that Allen was going to be an inaccurate bust in the NFL. And my reasoning was, if you go back and you and you look at guys who complete less than 60% of the throws in college, they almost universally are not good in the NFL. There's a few exceptions. Matt Ryan, Stafford, okay? But, mo- I mean, 9 out of 10. They just they don't complete passes to the next level. They, they, I mean, Kyle Bowler, by the way, you ever want a good laugh? Look up Kyle Bowler's numbers when he played at Cal. And Cal. It is how any team drafted him, let alone in the first round. It's one. Of, there should be a, an investigation. Like it's one of the great all time. He completed like forty seven percent of his throws, and the Ravens were like first rounder. It's fine. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's it's one of the great ones ever. Speaking of one of the great ones ever, man needs no introduction. Mister Ben Heisler. Coming in from Betsided, of course, joins us always at the uh, for the back half of the show, the, the, the bottom half of the hour. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sir, how you doing? Are you excited about NFL football being back? Ah, uh, you know, I, I really could go either way, I guess. It's, I'm sort of happy. No, of course I'm happy. What are you, what are you nuts? We've been doing this show for for how long together now? Talking about you know totals in week three from March. Hell yeah, I'm excited for football. Let's go! Beautiful, beautiful. All right, so we we went over last week. We went over three dogs, yeah, and whether or not we liked those odds or we'd fade those odds. What do you got going on this week? As far as those dogs are concerned, there are a couple of them that I really like on the board, and I'm going to go ahead and follow through with them as far as my best bets go. And I also want to talk to you guys about maybe some of the key lines for the week as well. But let's start with a game that uh, I I find very, very interesting. I know you and I are on uh, separate sides here, but the move has been in favor of the New York Giants. They opened up six-and-a-half-point dogs on the road against Tennessee. 
That line has since been bet down over at FanDuel Sportsbook to five and a half. I, I think the, the Sharps are kind of seeing what I'm seeing, which is Tennessee is very much a liability. They don't have Harold Landry. That's going to prevent any sure. sort of major pass rush heading into this game. And I think that's largely an indicator as to why you've seen some of this, some of these lines move. But I, I just think you know, there's, no, there's no confidence in Tennessee's offense. You know Derrick Henry is going to be there. And, yes, they might feed him the ball – 20, 25, possibly even 30 times. And oh, they're gonna. There's they're, no might about to. it. They have to feed him the ball that much. But yeah. at some point, if you're the Giants, you start putting eight, nine guys in the box and you say, okay, if this is all you're going to do, go ahead and beat me some other way. I know Robert Woods at some point will start to look like the Robert Woods that we've become accustomed to. And maybe Traylon Burks ends up surprising all of us. Maybe he's this year's Jamar Chase. You know, Chase had all the drops. For the no, he's season. not. He's probably not going to be, but maybe no, he's, he's definitely not Jamar Chase. I like Traylon Burks. He's not from, from the perspective of a surprise, let's let's go with with that storyline as opposed to him becoming Jamar Chase. But I I don't trust the Titans here. I, I really don't. I think they can win, but the Giants are going to come out looking very different. You have an adult in the room in Brian Dable, and I expect actually from uh, Dory Jackson to do a nice job on the other side. I, I think six and a half feels like too many points. And, and so far, uh, the, the sports books agree they've moved this line down. So I'm staying with that that giant six and a half play uh, on the underdog side for one of my best bets for week one. I just, I just can't get there. I can't mm-hmm. do it. I, I appreciate you. You, first of all, you know a lot more about gambling than I do. So first, if people are listening to this, please don't bet off of us. But if you're going to, my God, bet off Heisler. Uh, <laughs> okay. I. I just can't get there. I don't even like the Titans. I think they're an 8-9 and nine team this year. I don't think they're particularly good. The Giants actively are trying to get worse. Like They, they just released Blake Martinez, their, their linebacker, who was actually a very good player for them. Released him a, a mutual release, which I've never even heard of. Like, what? how did that happen exactly? Did Martinez just walk in and go, listen, we suck. Please get me the hell out of here. And they're like, okay, fair enough. I... I'm curious. Also, to your point, Derrick Henry, there's going to be a point in the season where they don't even bother to huddle. They just start screaming out, like, Henry, off tackle, and then just hand them the ball because everybody else knows it's coming too. I I think the Titans will win the game by, like, a touchdown. So I I, I just – the Giants are – I don't trust Jones. I don't trust any of their receivers. Galladay, who has the highest cap hit in football for a receiver – Basically, looks like he's retired. Yeah, it's not just, good. It, nothing's good about it. I'm riding the carnival ride that is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, gotta go with him over Danny Dimes, dude. I I don't trust Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. I'm intrigued about, but he's coming back off of injury. The Giants to me are still the Giants. Titans, I'm with you, Verderim. Don't think they're good, but I think they're better than the Giants. Again, I trust Ben more than me. But I'm still going to go with my gut here. Uh, ben, you're going to crush me all season long when it comes to betting. Like, if we would do, like, a, a side-by-side of the numbers. It's debatable. I'm, it's still early. No, 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 no. I, somehow I'm going to start off the season going, like, 2-14. and 14, But I got to go this game. I'm going with at least the, uh, the Titans here. Okay. All right. So we talked about one other underdog as well. Big underdog, in fact. I wrote about it uh, yesterday over at BetSided. The Houston Texans. Projected to be the worst team in the National Football League. Their total wins is set at, I believe, four and a half. 
Uh, eight and a half point home dogs against the team that's projected to win the AFC South by a fairly wide margin, uh, minus 140 at FanDuel. And the the Colts are just snake bitten when it comes to week one. Now, that's not why I'm taking Houston plus eight and a half, but consider this. They have not won a week one game since 2013, okay, against the Raiders nine years ago. Frank Reich, since he's taken over as head coach for the Indianapolis Colts, 0-4 both straight up and against the spread in week one. He's had a couple cupcake opponents in the mix as well. Now, the one thing that I'm not going to fault him for is that he's one of the few coaches in NFL history to have a different starting quarterback in week one for every game that he's coached. Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, dealt with Carson Wentz, Phillip Rivers, uh, and now Matt Ryan. Now, eventually, he's, he's going to write the ship, and he's actually covered 64% of the games from week five on over the course of his coaching career. So the Colts are a good bet from basically the middle of the season on. But early on, it takes some time to get adjusted to a new quarterback, trying to figure out what that offensive scheme is going to be. And I still like Matt Ryan, and I still like the Colts in this scheme, but Week one on the road against Houston, who is actually a very good team, uh, covering the spread at home from a season ago. They now have Lovey Smith back. They could possibly force some turnovers in the early going. Eight and a half is too many points, guys. Uh, and again, that's another game that has moved in the direction of the, of the Texans. Right now over a fan duel, the Texans are plus seven and a half. So if you can still find it at eight or eight and a half, I, I like the underdog here at home against Indianapolis, who just cannot seem to win these games on week one. I. I'll, I'll be short this week. We talked about this last week. I still think Texans cover seven and a half. I don't like the, the Colts are, I, I do believe the best team in the division. And I think Houston's a lot better than people think. And by that, I mean, I think Houston could win like six games. Like I've seen people think they're going to win like two games, three games. I think Houston's going to be better than that. And I don't think Houston's going to be good, but they could be better than what people think they're going to be. Um, the Colts don't have an offense that's pulling away from anybody. They're going to run the ball. They're going to move the sticks. They're going to throw to Pittman. They, they don't have it. And by the way, this fallacy today is a great offensive line. They do not anymore. Quentin Nelson's a great guard. Okay. They're good on the interior. They're, they do not have a great offensive line. I think, I think the Colts win. I think it's about like a field goal. Yeah. I'm 100% with you. you. You put it perfectly. The Texans are better than the majority think. The Colts are a good team, but they don't blow anyone out. I like Davis Mills and his connection with Brandon Cooks. I think Damian Pierce is going to be a very underrated guy all season long. Uh, I like the Colts winning, but it's going to be very, very close. And I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not going to do it because I don't have the stones, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Texans won outright. I mean, that's that's kind of how it's gone for the Colts over the last several years. So I don't think you'd be uh, certainly. I don't think you'd be on on your own island there. Let, let's just say that. Um, have you guys had a chance to to talk about some of these these big matchups of the week as far as some of their opening lines go? Everything from Thursday night football with regards to uh, the Bills and the Rams, the Bucks and the Cowboys on Sunday night. Uh, have you got have you had an opportunity to talk about any of those games at least up to this point? Not a ton, and not with the lines at all. That's why you're here. Come on now. Okay. We, I'm, I'm not, not, not a line guy. Don't trust me. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Right, so let's, let, let's talk through these really quickly because the, the, I wanted, the games that I have is the three biggest of the week are Thursday night football, Bills minus 2.5 against the Rams. The total in that game is 52.5. I think it's the biggest game of the week based on the matchup, based on sort of the opening aspect of it, uh, two of the best teams, Super Bowl favorites, so on and so forth. Right? The second biggest game of the week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're two-and-a-half-point road favorites 
uh, at Dallas, total of 50 and a half. And then I think you can make the argument for the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings being the third most important game and the biggest game of the week because this is going to be a matchup for Minnesota that if they think they have any chance in winning the NFC North this year, you want to get the Packers early on in the season. Remember, this team got their asses kicked by New Orleans and then all of a sudden figured it out the rest of the way won the division fairly easily. It's a big game for Kevin O'Connell as he takes over for Mike Zimmer. Uh, the Vikings really need an opportunity to get a good start. Rodgers over the last few years has actually struggled um, in Minnesota. So that's a game where the Packers minus one and a half, total of 47 and a half. I think that could be a very substantial game. But as far as leans go, if we're talking about these two games, Buffalo has been a very good covering team, especially early on. Sean McVay, 8-2 against the spread in his career over the first few weeks of the season. Um, the Bills actually, as home underdogs, just 1-3 under Sean McVay. It doesn't happen often, but they haven't been great in that spot where they're expected to be a road dog. So I like Buffalo at minus 2.5. Once the line gets to 3, then it's probably a stay away for me. But I think Buffalo wins this game on a field goal. It's a stay away for me. I... I think the Bills win a really close game, but I will say I'm also concerned about the actual matchups within the game a little bit if you're a Bills fan. Like, Tredavious White's not there. He's on the pup list. Who the hell is guarding the Rams? Who's doing it? I love their safeties, but the safeties aren't guarding Cooper Cup. Their safeties are not guarding Allen Robinson. They may help, but they're not But they're not doing Elam, the rookie, is going to be on one of those two guys. And I like Teron Johnson, but like against Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson, feels like a big ask. Also, if the Bills have one weakness, they don't have a great offensive line. It's not bad. I'd say it's, I'd say it's average, average to maybe slightly above average. Aaron Donald's going to be a problem this game. Like they, now, now Allen is mobile, which helps, but Donald's going to be a problem. Um, and Ramsey, in theory at least, can go one on one with Diggs. And so, I I think Buffalo's going to win. But it's a stay away for me. The, the, of those three lines, the one I find most interesting is the Packers and the Vikings. Like, I'm I'm wholeheartedly in agreement with you, Eisler. If if the Packers are going to fall in this division, the Vikings need to win this game. And I, I get it, it's week one. I understand that injuries can happen, all that stuff. But you're at home. It's on your racket. The Packers are probably trying to figure all things out offensively. This is the time to win that game. I still think Green Bay is going to beat them. I just don't trust Minnesota. I don't trust them. Um, I'll take the Packers to, to win and to, to cover slightly, uh, even even though the game is in Minnesota. Yeah. I, I like the Packers covering and the over 47 and a half. I, I like the over in that game. I think it's going to be a fairly high-scoring game. When it comes to the Bills and the Rams, I wouldn't touch that game. <sighs> I have the Bills as the best team in the AFC, best record overall. I think in the NFL at 14 and three, I think they lose. I think the Rams are a problem. I think the Bills beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. I think they get that revenge then. But I think week one, going with the more battle tested team, a team that has just won the Super Bowl, I think they want. I, every team has a lot to prove we've won, right? There's no, I, I hate the chip on the shoulder argument. I think it's so silly. Every team goes out, they try to win every single game. I, I agree with Verderam. It's a bad matchup for the Bills. No, no white. That's a major issue. I like the Rams straight up week one. 
Okay. It's a nice little opportunity for, for a money line play. I didn't, I didn't get your guys' thoughts really quickly before uh, before I head out on, on the Bucks and the Cowboys. Uh, rematch from week one from a season ago. Uh, Cowboys ended up covering Dallas and Green Bay, the top two covering teams in the NFL a season ago. I can assure you that will not be the case again this year because the two most public teams every week somehow found a way to have the best record against the spread last year. That's not going to happen again this year. Tampa's a concern, guys, especially with that offensive line. But then again, you can make the same argument for Dallas. You know, losing Tyron Smith is going to be a problem for them to be able to run the ball effectively with Ezekiel Elliott. You can also make the argument that they haven't been running the ball effectively with Ezekiel Elliott in a handful of years. So maybe that's just not a big part of their game plan if you trust Mike McCarthy to make those adjustments in-game. I, I see this going to, to Tampa Bay uh, by a field goal, so I'll probably take them to cover. I do also do like the over in this game. I think you're going to see a ton of passing from both sides, especially with, with Tampa getting a lot of those uh, weapons back and healthy. Godwin looks like he actually could be ready to go, bringing Julio into the mix. Mike Evans is still a 1,000-yard receiver. Dallas on the other side incorporating C.D. Lamb. You have Dalton Schultz in the mix as well. Um, there's plenty of quality receivers on both sides, and I think both teams are just going to air it out in the dome. I'm with you. I like the over more than I like anything else. But if I had to take the spread and go one way or the other, I would take Tampa. I, I just – they're more talented. And also, Brady has heard everything about him for months on end. I'm not betting against him. I'm also – like to me, this also comes down to, like, who do you want to put your eggs in? Which basket? Like Tom Brady or Mike McCarthy? And I'm sorry. I, I, it, there's no question there. One thing, by the way, not to change something, but really quickly I wanted to mention about that Bills game that I meant to mention earlier. The Bills last year, and, and this is coming from somebody who's picking them to win the Super Bowl, they beat a lot of bad quarterbacks last season, a lot of them. If you go look at their schedule, and I'm not going to bore everybody by running the whole thing down, go look at it. I mean, they beat one tomato can after the next. Now, they did beat Mahomes in week five, and the Chiefs were playing like crap. But when they played him again, Mahomes went absolutely berserk in that classic game. Okay? If you go look at the Bills last season, I mean, it is just one horrific quarterback after the next, over and over and over and over and over. Okay? I'm curious with Stafford and that that elite group of weapons on turf, what does that look like? Like, does Buffalo have to score 35 to win? I know everybody just assumes that the Bills, well, they had the best defense in football last year. They did. But they also played a division with Tua. They played it with Mac Jones. They saw three times, not even twice last year, including the playoffs. Zach Wilson. Yeah, they saw Trevor Lawrence last year, they lost to. They saw Roethlisberger, who they lost to. I mean, you go on down the line. They played a lot of games last year against teams that you're like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I. Are, are they like that good defensively? I love the Bills, but that is one reason I could see an over in that game. Yeah. Stafford throws a lot of yards and scores a lot of points. Yeah. And in the first couple weeks of the season last year, you actually saw overs in primetime games. I think hit until the Monday night game. And I, I have to double check this number, but I remember we saw a ton of overs in all the early action primetime games. And I almost think it was kind of by design. Um, but that, that, that's a very good chance, especially given the nature of these two offenses and how they want to go down the field, especially on the turf. 
I, I do think, especially early on in the season, when everybody's healthy, got a little extra juice in your step, you're running a little bit harder. I, I do think the over is certainly in play. Going to the Bucks Cowboys. I'll be the idiot. I'll do it. I'll roll with the Cowboys and the under. Uh, I feel like a complete buffoon. Maybe I'm being contrarian, but I like the Bucks later on. I don't think that Tom Brady stuff is just a show. I think there's actually something going on there. I'm not necessarily worried. I'm not trying to bet against Tom Brady. They'll be fine this season. But I do think there's something there week one where maybe they're not on the same page. I think Dallas is a fine team. We've talked about it a good amount. I think Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard in the slot, if that's how they use him, could be a, a little difference maker here. Yes, I'm, I I see you, Ben. I'm really hoping Tony Pollard plays the slot. Yeah, I think that dude's on pretty much every fantasy team that I've ever drafted this year. Correct, correct. So I'm, I'm the, the buffoon here going with Dallas in the under. Uh, let's hopefully hit and make some money. <laughs> we, we can all find a way to make that all happen together and uh, come off uh, in week two of stacking the box with a winning record. I think we'll all take it. What do you have going on at Betside at Heisler? Yeah, got a new uh, stack in the box, or not stack in the box, that's what show I'm on right now. A lot of sleep heading into uh, week one of the NFL season, fellas. Uh, new daily bet slip, uh, live at uh, 5 o'clock Eastern today. It'll be myself and Ian McMillan. Uh, we also have a brand new edition of, of the early read with uh, our college football expert, Reed Wallach. Uh, he's going to be joined by uh, Thomas Casale. Uh, that's going to be on at uh, actually right around the corner, coming up at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. So head on over, stay right here on YouTube, uh, and head on over to the Betsided channel once Stack in the Box is done. Get your college football fix in for week two. Of course, whatever uh, NFL college football previews you need, uh, we got some WNBA plays for the semifinals tonight that uh, I'm very excited about. So anything from the betting side, we are here for you. But two live shows today, one at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern for the yearly read, 5 p.m. Eastern for daily bet slip, and I will see all you guys there. All right. Wonderful. Ben Heisler, as always, man, thank you so much. Good luck. I hope you make a bunch of money this week. All right, fellas. Hope you guys do too. Talk soon. Take care. All I right. Totally go with him. And his oh, picks before mine. Oh my God, I'll, I'll, I mean, yeah, I'll drain your 401k. I, look, I'm here to like understand football, not gambling wise, as well as he does. That's his job. Um, I, I'll pick him straight up all day long, but with the spread, yeah, don't bet my picks. Um, all right, we've given you the layout. We've picked the Super Bowl. We've talked about who we think will surprise and disappoint. Uh, we've brought Heisler on. We've talked about. Let's finish up this way real quick. Lock of the week. Week one, who is your number one? Just stone cold. You can't see the team losing. Mm, that's man, that's that's a good one. Do I go? I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs. The dysfunction surrounding wow. the Cardinals, to me, reigns th- through. I think the Chiefs have done so well early on in the season. Andy Reid, their OTAs. Their training camp is different. It's old school, but they get them ready to play. As much as I don't like superstars playing in the preseason, obviously it helps early on because it's worked for Kansas City. I like the Chiefs early on in the season. I like them beating the Cardinals. All right, for me, there is there is not a chance in hell to lose that game to the Jets. 
not not one chance in hell. I I cannot scenario other than mass injury in the first quarter where <laughs> Baltimore does not win that game. I just don't see it. So, so I, I will. Um, I'll, I'll go with you. You know what? Screw it. I'll go with Baltimore too. They ain't losing to the Jets. There's no way. <laughs> no way. Um, all right. What uh, what's been going on in your life? What's happened? Uh, well, I did yoga on Saturday morning. It's not just stretching. You think that, hey, this is just 50-year-old moms in here, right? This can't be that tough of a workout. Well, there's weights involved. I'm sitting here walking out like Patrick Mahomes walking to the huddle, just waddling, play golf on Sunday. I'm trying to tee up my, you know, tee it up, get the driver out. I can hardly bend over. I'm sitting here going, I don't want to make a putt. Give me a gimme. I don't want to bend down and pick this ball up. If you see a guy walking around Kansas City just hobbling it, no, it's not Patrick. It's me. Do you do a lot of yoga? Like, is that something you do consistently? Yeah, I do a decent amount. I hadn't done it in a while, and this one's with weights involved. And, like, your ass just hurts. Like, your ass is just – it's tight. Like, your glutes and your quads are just sitting here. Like, I have muscles there since when? So, uh, I understand why Chris Jones did it, and it's a very good workout. Humbling. Very humbling. I got to tell you. That A is hilarious. And B, when I when I moved out to Chicago, I forget who it was. Somebody I got a gym membership and somebody was like, you know, you should try one of the classes and whatever. And so I did a boxing class, which I enjoyed. I did um I think I did a few other classes, I can't remember. But but I, what I'm driving at is they this thing about like uh one of my buddies was like, Hey man, you should really you should try uh this hot yoga. It's really it's good. They crank up the temperature. And I was like, All right. You know, what at the time I was twenty six. I'm like, what the hell? I'll give it a shot. I thought I was gonna die. Like <laughs> not not even because of the heat, although the heat was intense, but I'm not built for flexibility. Like that's not who I am. Never have been, never will be. I'm six two and like two hundred and forty pounds. Like, I'm not built. I'm built to lift stuff. I'm <laughs> I'm built to run through stuff. Like that that's what I'm built for. I'm not built to be doing downward dog in a hundred degree heat. Okay. And I'm pretty sure people were concerned they were going to have, um, but we got through it and it worked out. Okay. The boxing class, I'll tell you what though, that I really did enjoy. And there was just a woman, she's probably in her forties. I'm guessing really, really nice. Got along with her really well. And sometimes you have to pair off. And so um, normally I actually used to pair off with a coworker. Mom, you wasn't there in this class. And so we, we paired up. And she had these mitts on that I had to, I had to hit. And I I was punching the mitts, whatever. Everything was fine. The next class, she came back, and she was, like, laughing. She came up to me. She's like, you broke my hand. I was like, you broke your hand? I've never felt worse in my life. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, one of your uppercuts you broke my hand. I was like, oh, my God. So, and then I ended up getting, like, a trillator, and it was his wife. It was just funny. like we had, we had a laugh. Like thankfully she was fine. It was like I forget what it was, but it wasn't something that like kept her out of commission for more than like a couple of weeks. But I, I felt so bad. I was like, really? Like I, you have mitts on everything else? Like, I, and I, you know, I didn't think like 
I don't know. I didn't think I could. I could do. But I, I felt so bad afterwards. Dude, what a humble brag, by the way. Yeah, I, I just got some great uppercuts. Watch out for Verderam's no, fist. No, that that's kind of the point. Like, I am by no means somebody who is like a fighter. That's not my deal. Like, so I was, I I was genuinely floored when she was like, "Yeah, you broke my ass." Like, what? I felt so bad. <laughs> I felt I couldn't look her in the eye for like a week. Well, so you feel bad, but there's there's, there's part of you that goes. All right, I got I got some game. Like well, I, I got some I got some game. hands. If I if I get into a, you know if if I get into some kind of a random rumble at the mobile station, yeah, I get, I'm ready to go. But I I hope I don't need to ever do that. Um, you know who knows? Maybe like daughter's boyfriend's down the road or something. You know, it's, it's good to know it's your back pocket. But see, I also I, that's why you have a golf club. Um, you know, so in, in any event, classes and the gym have been a scary place for me. But I will I will say this as we get out of here. The thing I was going to mention for this week, and we were talking about before the show, look, I would tell anybody, I think it's a great idea if you can own it's good financial uh, practice if, if possible. It's also a damn pain in the ass. You know, it's Labor Day. I want the relax. I look out, got to cut the lawn. I go outside, I cut the lawn. Then I'm looking at our gardens. I'm like, I got to weed out the gardens. So I'm sitting there weeding. I'm sweating like all hell. I've been out there for like four hours. Weed the whole thing. I look up. I'm like, yeah. Got to probably clean those gutters. Get the damn tree starting to drop leaves in the gutter. Never got to the gutters. Didn't do it. <laughs> Went to the gym instead. I looked up. I'm like, you know what? It's not supposed to rain this week. We're right. So I'm going to one one night this week. But son of a bitch. A lot of work. You know, and then like I, I know like next year I got to redo the driveway. We bought the house four years ago, and like the house like, it was built in '85. The driveway's original to it. That's got to be redone. Um, I got, I, I want to redo the decks off the back of the house at some juncture because the fucking guy who owned the house before us painted the deck. Why? Why wouldn't you stain a bitch? You paint them. So now, now I gotta, I gotta redo it. Either scrape all the paint off, which I'm not doing that, or redo the decks. So I gotta. That's my spring. Okay, is the decks, and then God bless the the guy who's gonna come and, and rob me for money to redo the, the driveway. That that I obviously have not the capability to do. Um, yeah, but the point being, you know what? It's great to own a house until you look around and you're like, man, nobody's coming to do that, huh? All right, it's on me. So that was that was my Labor Day. Yeah, if you see a guy on the roof just Spider-Manning down to get to the one side of the gutters that I can't get with a ladder, that's me. If you see a guy going, holy shit, please don't fall, that's me. I don't like heights, and the no. way my, my roof slopes down, it's right over the driveway. So if I fall, we're, we're toast, pal. We're struggling, okay? You, you got to hope you land, I don't know. There's no good way to land. So hopefully on my car. Maybe I'll put my car there and a mattress on top. So if I fall, I have at least some sort of cushion. But yeah, cleaning the gutters, two scoops of ass. It's horrible. I actually, I've got to call somebody today to get to our top gutters. Because our top gutters, I, I legitimately, like, I can't get to them. I can't do it. Like, I, I'm not joking when I say it's probably, I don't know, 25 feet up there. I can't get all the way up to the top of the roof, just the way the pitch line is. Oh, I'm climbing, there's, baby. I'm climbing. The shorter roof I can get to, but uh, can't can't do the upper one. But all right, listen, that's it. 
Thank you very much for watching Stack in the Box. I will be back on Sunday with Ian McMillan before the games from noon to 1 Eastern. For Sterling Holmes, I am Matt Verderam. I'll see you again next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.